the San Jose Sharks give us a nice little Christmas surprise. <laughs> they uh, beat on the Wild 5-2. to two. We'll have all that and more after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and deal together with us, join the conversation in the chat below and check us out across all the other social media platforms, that being Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Discord, TikTok, all that and more on TealTownUSA.com. Good evening, Miss Dana Meyerson. How are you doing after this nice little surprise we got? I'm good. Yeah, this is my ninth after dark and the Sharks finally won. Like me being like, I'm the good cop around Teal Town, you know, like I'm generally very like optimistic and like happy. And so I don't know, it just feels cruel that they waited this long to let me talk about a win. But finally, it's it's a, you know, so some of my family members celebrate Hanukkah, some Christmas, some whatever. It's it's the it's the catch all holiday present. Thank you, Sharks. I do appreciate it. Chris Mahanaquantica, I think, uh, was yeah. once was once yeah Diwali was <laughs> last month though oh that's true too well I mean it was really just awesome to get a win and we've been on the show numerous times talking about losses and while you know I am part of team tank you know you gotta you gotta throw in some uh some hope <laughs> because I think if you're too much of a negative uh Nancy then I mean, what's the what's the point in watching sports? You, you know what I mean? You're just setting yourself up for more and more frustration. That's for sure. But getting into this game, the Sharks would start on, on quite a high note, actually. Eric Carlson getting his 13th of the season. Uh, one of those rare D-to-D in the offensive zone down low plays. <laughs> um, Dana, I mean, this is going to be, we're going to be talking about EK65 all night tonight, but this goal was just pretty. I mean, where, uh, you know, Magna's kind of driving up the ice and kind of gives a mid-flight pass over to a wide open Eric Carlson and he buries it into the back of the net. What'd you see on this one? Yeah, um, I remember being kind of iffy about the Carlson-Megna pairing um, kind of when that was forming, but they've had some good moments. Seems like they communicate well. Um, they, yeah, I mean, just in general, like Eric Carlson just has like this, um, I don't know, uh, just what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. He He always, he knows where to pass it. He knows to receive the pass and um and it worked and they they took a page out of calgary's book right i mean it was it, it was tough you know to to be watching that calgary game and and really think you know that this team was capable of anything but losing right um but the sharks i mean tonight looked and and really felt like a, a different team than we saw against Calgary. And so maybe some harsh words, maybe some uh, words of, of, you know, prove it to us um, really being directed at the guys. It looked like it worked, whatever 
you know, whatever Coach Quinn came in, you know, trying to address, I think, you know, you got pucks to the net early. I thought the zone entries were really clean tonight. Um, not really fumbling a lot with the puck where we had seen, you know, the team really get some crucial crucial chances by the wayside because of pucks, you know, falling off the falling off the edge of the stick or or you know just creeping out, you know, out uh, past the blue line and really um, you know, a lack of of uh, hands in and around the puck, you know, just kind of more lackadaisical play and this game didn't see that at all um Joel Erickson although kind of spoiled uh, a little bit of the mood with the with the goal at 220 um Merrill getting the assist there and that would tie it up so you know those good kind of feelings of um yeah we started on time we got a goal you know less than a minute and 30 seconds later, you give up the tying goal. Um, it's a span of roller coaster of emotions within the side of a, you yeah. know, of a minute and 30. But I mean, what'd you see on that one, uh, Dana? Um, let's see what, Oh, I don't even have a note on that one. Okay. I guess it was a good game. Um, <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, I'm gonna have to look at a replay. Um, who was it who passed it to him? Oh yeah. Um, I do have a note on it. Um, he just, he just beat Svetch to the puck. Um, I'm not like horribly upset at the, for this one. I mean, especially given the rest of the game. Um, yeah, no, I, I, and, and I, I think that you're right. I would like to have seen maybe a little bit more posting up there. I think this is the, this is the, the goal where they kind of crept in behind the defense and they didn't really yeah. sort it out in their own zone. And it was kind of unfortunate because again, you had scored that goal to, to really get off on a good foot and then to really um, almost let that creeping doubt kind of come back in again. Like, Oh boy, here we go. We're going to be out in a, in another shootout type um, affair where you've got the other team kind of bearing down on you. Um, but I think Noah Gregor's goal you know, coming in at eleven thirty-seven, um, Carlson getting the primary assist there, and we'll talk a little bit more when we go through it. And Benning getting another assist. Um, Nor Gregor, a guy needing a goal, a guy needing to really prove that he belongs, you know, in the lineup and out in front of the net, kind of looking for the garbage. Um, I think it came off the pad. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric Carlson shot from the point. I think uh, you had Benning um, side to side. Uh, sorry, laterally moving the puck to Carlson and, and, you know, Carlson getting a nice shot kind of doing the ricochet, but Noah Gregor positioned well. And I feel like we've all said that if, if he could consistently park his butt in front of the goal, uh, you know, the goaltender, he plays that kind of abrasive style. Um, what, what'd you see working for Gregor tonight? Cause I thought, you know, he was more decisive with the puck than I've seen him in prior games. Yeah, no, you took the words right out of my mouth with like positioning. That's uh, exactly what I had to say about the goal. It's funny how like the when I think of Noah Gregor, the first thing I think of is, oh, he's racing into the, um, you know, into the zone. Noah Gregor with speed always misses. So it's really funny that when he does succeed, it's when he's literally just like a foot in front of the net. He's just standing there just waiting, you know, waiting for the rebound. Um you know, knowing Eric Carlson, I'm sure it was all like galaxy brain. Like, oh, yeah, he just knew if he just like. You know, if it just bounces off the pads right there, um, you know, Gregor, as you say, 
scooping in the garbage. And there you go. Sharks take the lead. Yeah, and and again, settling the guys down and really getting the the good vibes again. Um, we did have a couple of penalties um, go both sides. Oh boy, did we! <laughs> and this game, I think we could we could kind of characterize as as being of the chippy variety. Um, you know, you had Logan taking a tripping against Kirill. Uh, you had Eric Carlson high sticking Matt boldly. You had the Sam Steele slashing against. Uh, Matt Benning and the Caleb Addison hooking on Matt Nieto, which that one I think had just come right after the hit. Um, I thought that Minnesota really was playing the physical game because the Sharks actually looked a little quicker tonight. You know, they looked a little quicker to pucks, and I thought that they were setting the pace, and I thought Minnesota kind of fell back to that rough-and-tumble game that they – um, you know, they have all these sluggers that they can, you know, they can play that style. And I thought that they were trying to kind of impose themselves physically on San Jose. And, you know, we had we had prefaced that there was a big hit. I think it was I'm trying to look who it was that had given that one out. It was. Uh, Shaw, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Shaw giving the hit against um Rad, uh, and Radim Shimmick as oh, well. Oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So we yeah, kind of yeah. highlighted that this was going to be a guy that you're going to want to try to yeah. um, stick or or try to, you know, you took the number down and now you got to kind of cash the check in. This is a guy that should have had a marker on his back at the beginning of the game. And the unwillingness, I guess, to engage physically kind of has has left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth I mean I thought you know it was good that we got the win it good that we got the uh you know going out of that first period you had the lead two to one but I just felt like Minnesota was manhandling the Sharks a little bit yeah I I don't know I mean um Megna was willing to, you know, drop the gloves later in the game, 24 on 24. That was really funny. All right. Um, so I, I think there was some amount of physicality, but, you know, maybe there's just a fear of like, oh, you know, we don't want to get anyone else suspended. Um, or, you know, yeah, it's funny because, yeah, we got the win. But, um, you know, I, I agree that there there could have been a little more pushback, I think. Minnesota going out and um, getting Ryan Reeves is, is a sign that that's kind of the uh, the direction they want to, or I guess the kind of something they want to add to their team. Um, and I, I guess working for them didn't work tonight, but um, yeah. So um, I, I guess I, I hope after the break, the Sharks will push back a little more, but um, I do see it in individual players at the very least. Yeah, and again, the the Sharks have never been a team to really retaliate. I mean, they've always kind of had that stigma of, you know, they are they're real softies. Yeah, they're easy <laughs> to push around. You know, you can, you know, you can kind of ruffle their feathers and get under their skin. Um, you, you would, I would have liked to have seen Noah Gregor develop a little bit more into an agitator because I think he has that in him as a. Um, as a type of player and you know could be a a poor man's Brad Marchand you know if, if he if he really channeled um, you know that 
that vibe of play. Um, Got to start licking more faces. Licking the rest faces, of- you know, stinky glove. <laughs> I mean, just literal trash goals on, you know, on the blue, you know, standing, hovering right in front of the goalie. Like, again, I think Noah Gregor is starting to figure out that he can't shoot from, you know, 25 feet out or 20 <laughs> feet out and expect, you know, a good chance on net. You know, you, you've got to really make your bones in the league about eight feet within, you know what I mean? Within the net, you, you really have to be so close to the, to the goaltender and so close to the net to score in this league. And, um, you know, I hope tonight's goal kind of just reinforces uh, that style of play and how, uh, you know, he can adapt himself into a more of a scoring threat than he is now. Um, if he mm-hmm. can, you know, again, just get to the front of the net a little bit more consistently. Um, and, and I think it, he can do a, a world of good for, for himself and his playing time. Um, yeah. I, I wish, you know, I, I agree with you, but I wish we could kind of like, he could bring that together with his speed, Noah Gregor with speed, you know, because if he is often that person who can, um, beat out the opponent, um, you know, into the zone. Like it, it sucks that he, he can never seem to shoot it from that position. But, um, you know, I, I, I guess it's kind of, uh, oh my gosh, I don't have words today. Um, like they're, con- <laughs> yeah, something like that, something like that. Some, you know, um, AP English, uh, <laughs> word. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I I wish that he could also utilize that speed and maybe it, it's hard, though, because it's like you can only be so fast to, like, get to the one foot in front of the net. And then so, like, yeah, maybe maybe we he just needs to reevaluate his role. And, and you, mean, know. <laughs> you know, you know, there there is the Tory Mitchell effect, you know, where <laughs> you can you can have all the speed in the world, but yeah. <laughs> not have the the nicest hands in front of the net right so have yeah. have those stone has stone in his in his mitts you know and it's yeah. not really you know he's got to do the egg uh the the egg cradle type of uh, exercises in the off season for sure um going into the second period this is really where things started to to heat up you know we we had saw a little bit of the simmering in that first but in that second um if Genny Svechnikov, the Sharks would have to kill a couple of penalties first. Um, Svechnikov taking a high stick against Frederick Goudreau, um, you know, and, and the Sharks PKers doing a really nice job, really um, solid tonight. And, you know, this kind of led into <laughs> then um, some more physicality. And then we got the Jacob Magna. Uh, and Matt Dumba showdown. Now it was a couple of couple of punches each way, kind of ruffling um, a little bit, ruffling and then kind of tumbling to the ice. Not really a, a, a good row, but I guess it's something to to kind of mm-hmm. be like sticking up for for Nieto there, getting. Uh, no, not Nieto. That was um, no, that was Nieto. That this was a bank. No. The, oh yes, you're right. I think you're right. I think, okay. I think it was the LeBanc. Um, yeah, I think it was the hit after LeBanc. Um, and so I think that that sent a little bit of a message that they're not going to be pushed around. But I don't think yeah. it was enough. 
Yeah, it's funny because I wrote it's deja vu because last time we were on together, we were talking about the instigator penalty and whether or not it should be a thing. <laughs> um, and I mean, I, 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 I think it should be. But I guess it's a good thing it wasn't tonight. Because um, uh, Magna would have been the instigator, right? Yeah, Magna would have been yeah. the instigator because I think LeBanc actually... Um, right. I think the hit was on Nieto. And then I think it was LeBanc who came in first to try and take Dumba on. And that, cause I remember looking at that size differential and going, Oh my God, LeBanc, don't get your ca- your head <laughs> caved in by this, you know, this, oh. this monster. Um, cause Matt Dumba is a beast. Um, and then you had Magna kind of come in and it's like, Hey, leave him to me you know (laughs) don't get yourself hurt and um you know really kind of came in and stepped in which i really thought was a you know a nice little um a nice little nod and and again one of those things that it kind of shows that the the team is kind of in it for each other um i just wish that they would have been maybe a little bit more physical and would have had a little bit more punch back um you know in between the whistles and and really give some some hard checks i mean you saw logan try to deliver a hip check you saw eric carlson deliver a hip check um so again more physical than they have been definitely more physical than that calgary game but more physical than they have been um in in a while and just because of the nature of of minnesota um however (laughs) we should get to the um, power play ensuing from the matt shaw knee on knee now this one was scary because yeah because as soon as the play was breaking um you had Evgeny Svechnikov able to pull his head back because it looked like Shaw was coming in not necessarily tucking his elbow in how you're supposed to but kind of just leaving it um you know in a stationary kind of cocked position so like he's he's trying to come in and like hey if your head's gonna hit my shoulder that's just what how it's going to be um and he was able to miss the head but he comes in with that knee and, and you had the knee on knee there oof i i don't like I need that to hit. stop replaying it <laughs> yeah i need i don't like that hit i don't like the fact that um you know evgeny svechnikov barely missed a concussion there um I mean, what do you see on that one, Dana? That I, I, I don't know. That one to me was where the draw, the line was crossed. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the five minute major, you know, game misconduct was the right call. So, um, yeah, but yeah, no, that was really scary to watch. And as you said, he absolutely could have hit his head on the ice, and luckily he didn't. And I guess came back. Um, someone said he came back. I guess I, I was kind of wrapping up as the game was wrapping up, but. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, you can't hit people like that. Um, and it was legs are not supposed to bend that way. <laughs> so Timo Meyer would score his 18th on the season. Carlson getting the primary assist and Nick Benino, his fifth assist on the season for a power play goal. Uh, this one, I mean, again, you had Eric Carlson just spot Timo across the ice, able to lay it right on his tape and Timo hit that five by eight you know true as gold I mean that one was just pretty yeah no he makes it look easy um Timo and all his shots uh yeah 
Uh, and again, you know, the Sharks would continue to be on that power play. Uh, they scored that one 1247. Um, so they had, I think, three minutes of power play left. You would have liked to have seen some more shots be funneled onto the net. They did eventually kind of get one of those power play influenced type goals. Oscar mm-hmm. Lindblom. <laughs> Oscar Lindblom oh. getting his second of the season. Carlson getting the primary assist there again. And Meyer coming in on the assist as well. And Lindblom, I mean, this is a guy that much bemoaned. We, we all thought this was going to be a guy who was going to slide right on that second line with Logan. Hasn't been able to stick, but he's able to get, um, you know, a good goal. And, I mean, shadow assist there to... Um, Joe uh, Gadjevich as well because he was pushing towards the net and making some space for Limbaugh but um, again Eric Carlson all world pass Limbaugh left wide open and one of those tic-tac-toe kind of goals what'd you see this on this one and I, I see you're smiling already yeah, no, as you said, uh, just good passing all around. I think the Sharks were just communicating really well um, tonight. I, I do agree. I wish they were kind of maybe going for more shots, but clearly they they chose this one well enough. Um, and yeah, the, the Sharks and five-minute majors are going to go way back. Yeah, they didn't pull a a loss, uh, you know, a Las no. Vegas uh, and score. What is it? Five on the power play, four on the power play, but they did get the four in the net tacos you get promotion, and I heard a lot of people very excited about free tacos. So, um, you know, Oscar Limbaugh doing a solid there. Uh, you had uh, Matt Zuccarello at, in the dying seconds of that second period. Uh, 1954 getting a goal and this one was kind of again another one of those bittersweet pills because you've got um, you you know you got the good mojo going and you got the three goal lead and then they kind of creep back in just that little bit you know really sowing the seeds of doubt and I, I don't know this again kind of a contested goal you know, you had a player uh, in Mar Ferraro maybe pushing boldly a little into Reimer, uh, but they were already kind of behind the eight ball on the penalty kill at this point. And uh, Quinn had an impossible choice because you either go and you, you make that challenge and you get the goal overturned or you make it a five on three for that first minute of the third period and Minnesota already, you know, they're, they're hot right now. I mean, they came into this game with a six game win streak. You're a little concerned. So, I mean, Dana, what, what, what'd you see on that goal? And do you think that the right call was made? Uh, right call by whom? Uh, David, not everybody. Yeah. David Quinn, not, uh, executing the coach's challenge. Yeah, I 100 billion percent agree um, with his decision. And I mean, in, you know, all's well that ends well worked out. But also, I think like, I think there was enough of an argument to be made that Ferraro kind of pushed Boldy. Um, and, you know, you could see the way James Reimer fell. Uh, you know, it, initially, I didn't even realize anyone pushed him because just kind of like fell way back. So I think even if, you know, it may, 
even if there was a strong argument for goaltender interference, I think the Sharks made the right choice by not challenging it. Because as you said, like you do not want to start off the period, um, on a, you know, defending a five on three. Um, yeah. So, and, and yeah, I think call. And uh, AJ doing some great work uh, in the background, getting us some info on uh, Everson on the non-instigator. He's like, you make a clean hit. You shouldn't have to be confronted by two guys before a fight. One guy grabs Dumba, then another guy comes in, and he has to fight for a clean hit. Uh, again, I think we were both proponents of just calling the rule book. I mean, you have the rule already written. Um, you know, it's there for that express reason. I don't know why it's been tucked away all of these years. I mean, it seemed, you know, when we got the new rules package that that clutching and grabbing, allowing that to not happen as frequently, we got less um, protections for, for instigators or for um, you know, more leniency towards that and more leniency not calling against the visor penalty, you know, because there's supposed to be a, a penalty if you've got a visor and, and your opponent doesn't. Although I think now because most people in the NHL, um, you know, have the face shield that it's a, a, a moot point because, you know, everybody's got one. But still, you know, there there were these little extras in the rule book for this reason, you know, to try and help you know, if the players weren't going to police themselves, try to help police some of this this nasty hitting and, you know, some of this uh, excess that we see. And again, not being called and it sucks for the wild. I think the, the Sharks, for sure, you had um, Kevin LeBanc getting bailed out there by Magna. And I think if anything, you take the number there and, and again, you try to make them pay within the whistles, kind of more what we were talking about, where we just would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more in that department, um, you know, taking those those uh, those numbers. But anyhow, going into the third period, we would have Minnesota put 10 shots on net. San Jose would only get four. Definitely a score effects type period. However, uh, in the dying seconds, we did get a uh, penalty and we were able to get a power play goal, even though it was uh, one of those rare, uh, what was it? They had pulled the goaltender, so it was an empty net power play goal. And uh, those are kind of rare. Um, but again, nice to see the, uh, you know, nice to see Kevin LeBanc get rewarded, uh, especially after taking a big hit, um, you know, kind of putting himself out there. Um, you know, to protect Nieto. And again, good to see him be rewarded. What did you see from Kevin's game tonight? Darren? Yeah, I mean, um, it's rare that I'm, I guess, you know, not, <laughs> not that I could score an empty net goal or any goal at all in the NHL for that matter, but this wasn't the easiest empty net goal. Like that was, that was quite the angle. I, I didn't think he was going to, you know, the puck was going to go right in, but it did. So, um, you know, kudos to LeBanc. Um, he, I think he had a good game and I'm glad he was rewarded for it. Um, and it was, it was kind of nice. That was the dagger as they say. Um, and I feel like that's when I could finally kind of just like, you know, the sigh of relief of like, Oh my God, I'm finally going to get to cover a win. This is real. Um, <laughs> feels like it's been like, like 20 years, but, um, 
yeah. So yeah, that was, yeah, good, good goal. Um, good game. And um, I, yeah, I'm glad to see him contributing. For sure. For sure. Getting, getting a couple of guys and Gregor and Limbaum off the schneid, so to speak. Um, Eric Carlson having a monster night. He's the first star. Um, four points tonight. And a guy that seemingly has recaptured his form, um, you know, from years ago. Question about whether or not uh, Norris could be in the in the offering for this year. It might be a tough sell on the East Coast, especially if the Sharks don't um, make it interesting for a playoff spot. And I don't think that they will make it interesting. So, you know, it's it's going to be that age old question of whether or not a best defenseman or a best player can be on a non playoff team. It'll be interesting to see because the amount of points that he's racking up amount of goals I mean he's racking up is really special and you know we haven't seen this uh type of dynamic defenseman uh, in <laughs> since, Brent Burns. since Brent Burns exactly <laughs> exactly so um special to watch I think it's always nice to see uh the special talent that he is and when he decides to take over a game I think he puts his fingerprints all over and again you know getting praise from his from his coach and and David Quinn with the uh with the quotes here you know uh it's EK is special he's unbelievable you watch him and he's playing a video game He's been everything you could want from a coaching standpoint. I see more tro- Norris trophies coming his way. Dana, what are your thoughts on Eric Carlson's legacy in San Jose? What he needs to do to maybe make amends for the early struggles that he had? And do you see him getting the opportunity to do that long term here? Yeah, that's a big question. Um, I mean, first of all, I have never been on team. Eric Carlson has washed. There is no one is going to find any video evidence of me saying anything like that. Uh, sorry, not that I was accusing you of saying that no. anyone said. Okay, yeah, sorry, just clarify. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's still he's still in his early thirties, like thirty one, right? Um, so like, I I I. I was never in the camp of not believing he still had that capability. He was injured for some time. Like that happens and that impacts people's games. And, um, you know, no matter the attitude someone might have, it's hard to fight through. And then also I think really just kind of the elephant in the room of the last few of, of all of the years that we had both Burns and Carlson is that they were just kind of redundant um, neither could really fully shine with the other there just because of the type of, you know, player they are. You can't really have more than one, like, super, super offensive defenseman who was going to make these risky plays. Um, it's just, like, too much chaos if you have both. So I think that, you know, I don't think it's like, oh, good, Burns is gone, now he can shine. Um, you know, we're all going to miss Burnsy, but, um, you know, Carlson's now been able to really like take the lead. Um, and so I, I, I hope he has a good legacy. It made me 
kind of really sad that at the start of the year, a few people booed him. Um, I don't know. I don't know what he did to them. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think as far as the Norris, like, you know, at some point you can just, I hope score enough points that no one else can even really hold a candle. And at that point, it doesn't matter what the precedent is. It's like, well, if you have this player who is just that good, like, how are you going to give it to anybody else? Like, (laughs) um, so, and I mean, we're not even halfway through the season. Right. So, or we're like, what, like almost halfway. Um, there's still lots of time left. He could get injured at the, I, I don't want to put this into the university. <laughs> Anything can happen. So, you know, none of this is a foregone conclusion, but whenever I hear, you know, other hockey podcast media outside of um, sharks, bring him up the Norris, you know, comes, comes out a lot. So um, yeah, I don't know. It'd be, I, I would love to see him win another Norris, especially it'd be really like funny if, you know, the team remains terrible, but he just scores so many points that no one can make any argument against it. Um, And I I think it's definitely interesting, like what awards are considered to be, you know, um, like what individual player awards are require the rest of the team to be a certain level of good I guess um there was so much debate like a few years ago when McDavid was um like in the running for heart and people were like oh no like but the you know the Oilers didn't make the playoffs this year but then with like Calder you can be the worst team ever but if you have some you know some cute with behind the ears little kid who who you know scores a bunch then great you know no one questions it at all so it's like these things are all you know, people, people vote differently every year. So whatever, you know, screw precedent. If, if Carlson can keep scoring goals, I, I don't see why not. Would you trade him? Ooh. Um, I don't know that that's even a question worth answering because I don't think they will. And I don't think any team actually will trade for that contract. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I mean, maybe, and again, uh, maybe like GMs can be pretty boneheaded if they want like one specific player, but um, I don't know. Selfishly, I kind of want to keep him. Yeah. And, and, and again, you know, we, we talk about how you have to have people to play the game, right? I mean, you have to have uh, when you dress, when you dress a team, you always have to have six forwards and, or excuse me, 12 forwards and six defensemen. So, if he's not going to be playing for us, he'd be playing for someone else. Very true. Um, for me, I think you look at that asset and you go, immovable contract, maybe not, but it's going to be about how much the Sharks want to retain, if anything at all. And I, again, I think if we see... If we continue to see more four-point games out of Eric Carlson, he might just be able to to dictate more of his future and where he ends up. I think, for me, I'd like to see him stay as well, and only because this team is already devoid of personality and, and right. has very <laughs> few you know, pieces that we can really be proud of as as elite players but eric carlson's definitely one of them um with the way he's playing now Um, as you pointed out like we're already retaining on burns so like do we really want that much 
dead cap space for players who aren't even here. Like we may as well be playing a, excuse me, <laughs> paying a player who is here and scoring well. Not to mention, you know, the players that um, the new general manager Greer, uh, Mike Greer has put in place haven't worked most optimally, right? So uh, again, you're, it's a holdover from the Doug Wilson uh, era, a good piece to, to build around. I, I think you, you are um, a little bit insulated from the age factor because he is a defenseman and defensemen can typically last a little bit longer. Um, so yeah, I think I'm, I'm more along the lines of team keep than team trade unless you can get something of value back and it not be just a, a fleecing one way or a cap dump one way. If it can actually be a, a hockey trade and, you know, trade uh, dead cap for dead cap or trade, you know, another player that uh, perhaps needs a change of scenery, um, that would be, I, I think, the most optimistic, you know, solution for him, the most, apt, out, you know, optimistic um out of the the current options, but I think the most realistic option is for him to stay because of that contract and just kind of dictating that that's, you know, he set precedent with that contract and the Sharks kind of have to live with that. So that all being said, the Sharks end tonight with a nice little uplift, getting us uh, into the Christmas break with a 5-2 win against the Minnesota Wild. Uh, again, Svechnikov having a knee-on-knee injury, I think, was spotted with a knee limp um, on, of course, on the the side that he got hit from. He said he he is not declaring himself 100% okay, and it's something that, you know, we should watch um, and and see what he looks like when he gets back uh, from the break. But again, those knees are always scary, always scary seeing any kind of knee-on-knee injury. Um, because more often than not, the surgical uh, techniques to repair such a thing, you know, leaves a player in in a a large deficit for rehab. That's for sure. Yeah, no knee stuff is no joke. I can speak from experience. I tripped on the stairs last week and uh, I've got a nasty bruise on my knee and I keep making it worse by like every time I like get on my knees, it's like, oh, oh gosh, that's another few days. Um, so <laughs> never been an NHL player, um, but I can relate. Me, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to mess with that. Yeah, I had a uh, I had a cousin who played a lot of collegiate soccer and uh, ended up having to get both of her MCLs um, uh, replaced. And Ooh. yeah, it was it was tough. It's tough, and I feel like skaters and well. I think any sport, really, because you're in motion in any sport, but skaters especially have a little bit have it a little more difficult because of the way the knee is kind of angled perpendicular up and down to the ice. <laughs> AJ with the zinger there. Um, oh, um, <laughs> out of context phrase. Too tired for this. <laughs> 
Well, I think I think that that's our signal to to start to wrap this no, up. No, good one. No, you know what, AJ? I would have made the same joke if someone else said it. So <laughs> fair. Uh, Miss Dana, how many post-it <laughs> notes do you have this evening? Oh, only three. Sorry. Where are we but at? I, I, I have a, my bag of post-its to show off. This is how I've been storing them. Wow. Where are we at um, with number yeah, we, of post-its? Um, <laughs> I've been terrible at updating. I think this is 34. 34. Um, from, yeah. So uh, I think we covered everything. Um, I said uh, two power play goals, Hart, Timo, Hart, Limblom, And then I crossed out Limblom when they announced. <laughs> Actually, it was after the power play. <laughs> I'm like, okay, fair. Um, and then no I, I start for you. <laughs> um, 24 on 24 violence. Um, <laughs> yeah, deja vu about us talking about the instigator penalty. It was just fate that that conversation would come up again. Um, uh, I was happy about the Sharks killing a five on three. That I, I think, you know, anytime you do that, that um, brings uh, like a new energy and kind of confidence that I think teams can really capitalize on. So I think that was a really big moment in the game. Um, my opinion. No, okay. It, about the goalie interference. Yeah, I, I agreed with Dave, David Quinn's decision. I don't know that I am confident it was goaltender interference. Cause as uh, Felix pointed out, like it's, that's just something that's very inconsistent. Um, but I, I, again, I think he made the right decision, not challenging it. Um, and then yeah, beautiful empty net from 62. And that's a wrap. All right. All right. Well, what are your final thoughts and where the people can find you? Um, so I do still have a Twitter account, unfortunately. <laughs> I thought about deleting it last week and I just <laughs> so uh while it... I don't know, I don't know, I don't think I will. Um, you can follow me at uh Dana M E Y Y. Um that's also my Instagram handle. It's not deleting Instagram anytime soon, so you can find me there. Um and yeah, uh, closing thoughts. Um, I am going to Europe in a few days, so uh, y'all probably aren't going to see me for a few weeks. Um, but this was a great game to um, wrap up the year with. Um, and it's been fun. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, my final thoughts, continuing to uh, see Eric Carlson dazzle uh, and inspire. <laughs> uh, it's good to see, and I'd like to see him continue to put, place himself in that Norris conversation. As far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's Eric, my last name, Landy, across all the social media garbage. And in case you missed it, check us out across the YouTube Rewinds. Also out there on your podcatcher of choice, that being, of course, Apple Podcasts, the Google Play Store, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Audacity, all that and more on TealTownUSA.com. So for everyone, happy holidays. And uh, from us to you, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. Thank you, and we'll see you after the next one.